everyone. This is Jackie with Fire the Cannon. We're filling up the bar today because, that's right, myself, Jackie. And myself, Rachel. Uh, and, and myself, Becca. I already had it, though. We're all in the Samson Q2 universe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Please write in, leave us a comment, whatever, if our audio is sounding... I mean, honestly, if you notice any difference... In a good direction. For me and Jackie... Either or bad. You can tell us if it sounds bad because we still have our old mics. But basically, when Becca joined the podcast, I did some research and I bought her a mic that was like not too expensive, not cheap, but not too expensive. But everyone was like, this is a great mic. It honestly is pretty cheap as mics. Yeah, go. but I'm saying not that much cheaper than ours. Yeah, that's than true. our original mics. So it was a little cheaper than the ones Jackie and I were using. But Everyone was saying it was great. So I bought that for Becca. And ever since then, Jackie's been going on and on about how Becca has better audio than Jackie does, despite Becca literally doing nothing and not even having a pop Literally filter. doing nothing. <laughs> and if you saw my setup right now, I've got stuff like crazy. pinned up all over the place. Yeah. And like she has like a phone foam is cylinder. resting in a shoe. And yeah, I've, I've got a pop filter and a styrofoam screen and another styrofoam screen behind that on like a boom arm and I've got my computer really far away and I had to turn off everything and like the air conditioning and the it's a fucking mess I have a pillow behind my computer if it makes you feel better (laughs) that makes me feel worse but thank you (laughs) I thought you thought I wasn't doing anything and I was gonna tell you well you're barely I am doing something (laughs) makes me feel worse (laughs) it's a body pillow she'd rather you do nothing than one thing (laughs) oh okay so yeah so here we are hopefully we all have good audio um we're coming at you with moby dick part four and for all of you who stuck around for the first three parts of moby dick and herman melville and our other like 130 episodes that didn't have great audio thanks uh i usually have pretty good audio (laughs) no you do that's true and mine was good up until like the last yeah up until like the last five or six or so that we did it just experienced a real dip i don't know if my mic was injured or what but yeah planned obsolescence maybe probably well please do if you if you notice a difference in either direction for me and jackie please leave us a comment on our social media which is all like at fire the cannon pod send us an email fire the cannon pod at gmail.com whatever get in touch and let us know because we would love to get some feedback and this time pod has an all new meaning which is a pod of whales whales Ahoy. Oh, that's what we were supposed to say. Oh, we only have one more chance to start the episode with ahoy. Uh, We keep ending them with ahoy. Well, we can just all say ahoy now and she can edit it. So it's in the front. Do you want to do that, Jackie? Uh, Yeah, but it's not. Let's say ahoy. This is the beginning of the episode. One, two, three. Ahoy. This This is is the beginning beginning of the episode. No matter when you're hearing it, that was trash. No ma- well, Jackie can adjust it. I'm going to adjust oh, it. Okay, we were not in sync at all. No matter when you hear us say this, it's the beginning. But um, what I wanted to say, can you see my lighthouse cardigan? Yeah. Oh, I did not know what those were. They are lighthouses. I thought they were racist caricatures of Asian people, to be honest. Oh, no. Are you serious? I'm serious. At first, I did. What and about then you- this looks like a person? The hats. It it's, looks like it's they very have the blurry. Hats. It looks like you yeah. thought it was like a like a like little Asian ladies like the hats that people wear in rice patties <laughs> like rice patty hats maybe oh, no. I I knew it wasn't after as soon as you said do you like my lighthouse cardigan I was like oh it's not racist it's nautical but before <laughs> I said that you were like Jackie's probably wearing a racist cardigan my assumption was that your racist boyfriend who he himself is Asian brought it back to you from Asia as like an ironic <laughs> post ironic race racial thing. 
I mean, you one time did bring me a, a shirt from Korea that I did ask one time, like, hey, is this racist if I wear this no, shirt? It's not, it was not racist. Joshua said, if you have to ask if it's racist, it's no, racist. he's racist. I'm telling you now. <laughs> uh, let me just tell the audience what the shirt is. It's it's not anything bad. <laughs> it's just the word supernova, but it's misspelled. So the V is supernova. a V, so it says supernova. Oh. <laughs> You're appreciating it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know. It's not racist to wear a supernova shirt. <laughs> no, I just wanted people to know, like, it's not a shirt with, like, a weird caricature of an Asian person on it. Or like whatever the fuck Rachel not thought. Not like your lighthouse cardigan. It's it's actually actually it's a shirt with Gwen Stefani and like geisha yellow face. <laughs> oh no. Remember that period of her career? Remember that period of the nineties? I think yeah. it was the two thousands, girl. It was it was the late nineties, early thousands. No doubt in the nineties. Oh, but I have a suggestion. The name of this episode could be It's not racist, it's nautical. (laughs) (laughs) But this book is both racist and nautical. Oh, there you go. I have a funny story about this. So I got this when I was in Maine um, last month. (laughs) Why is that funny? (laughs) That's it. All right. That's just it. I guess you just don't have a sense of humor if you don't see why that's funny. I guess I don't. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, No, but so I was in in Portland, Maine, which I love that city, and I was like showing Joshua and his uh, parents around. Best Portland in America? Uh, Only Portland I've been to. But I bet okay. it's better. That's weird of you. Jordan, you, our friend, our mutual friend, Jordan. Yeah. We're all, everybody's Jordan's friend. Um, she lived in Portland. That's what I'm trying to say. She lived in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. But the the East Coast Portland. She lived East in Coast, West Coast Portland, Portland is Maine. She lived in yeah, both yes. Portlands? No. No. <laughs> I lived in Portland, Maine. Double Portland. When I was... <laughs> It's the American dream. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I just want to. I just want to compare and contrast. I don't know. I haven't been to Portland, Oregon, but um, Portland, Maine, I really like. I drove there actually from Cincinnati. It was like ten hours each day to get there. How many um, days? Two. Yeah, that's that was a necessary qualifier, by the way. <laughs> you can't just be like, I drove ten hours per day. It was one day, <laughs> <laughs> or it was five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a there's a big range. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was showing people around, so it was October, so things are probably about to start shutting down. It's obviously not summer anymore, and so there were these like stores that had all these sales, and I looked, and uh, this was like a little clothing, like kind of tourist gift shoppy place, and I was a little chilly, and I needed a sweater, and they. They had like a rack of these sweaters on the outside, like on the sidewalk with like a sale tag on them. Right. So I go up and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, like I go up and I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, I kind of like this one. And so I picked it up and I brought it into the store and I was like looking around and then I, I thought better of it. And I was like, I wanted to have a looser fit. So I went back outside to get a bigger one. Mm -hmm. And the guy, I guess, thought that I was stealing it. And he like ran out after me and was like, can I help you? And I was like, uh, yeah, I was just changing this for yeah, a different size. Yeah, you can size. help me he, once I get the size I want. <laughs> and he like like took it out of my hand really fast and like raced back inside and immediately started ringing it up. And I was like, I was going to buy other things actually, but okay, I guess I'll just pay for this now. Did you say that to him? Did you no, say like, I, kinda, uh, I was not done shopping? I made it clear by just continuing to look around. And in fact, I got Rachel um, a birthday present there, which I forgot to give what to her, hell? but- What? Jackie, um, <laughs> again? <laughs> I forgot that you forgot. You forgot mine too. No, I, I didn't forget it. Steven put it somewhere. <laughs> Steven, he, you need to chop off his hands. <laughs> Becca, he would stop putting you, no, things No, this is places. an Aladdin situation. Every time he touched something, he lose a hand. Well, he steals <laughs> only what he can afford. That's an Aladdin situation. But yeah, so I was just like, why? So he acted like I was stealing this. 
ran inside, immediately started ringing it up and like wouldn't speak to me. And I was like trying to make chit chat and stuff. I was like, oh, I guess it's about to like close up for the season and stuff. And he like didn't say anything. And I was just like, why would I show up in the store with the item I wanted in my hand Look at and it, you. And it was already and outside. Out when it was already outside. <laughs> I could have just taken it and walked away and never seen you in the first place. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> but I thought to myself, like, that was actually kind of cool because, like, I have so much privilege as, like, a small white woman. I can probably steal lots of things and no one has ever called me out on it. So I was like, that guy but you is weren't stealing. equal opportunity. <laughs> yes, but he suspected I was. Yeah, okay, congrats. No one has ever suspected me of stealing when I wasn't. Congrats. I... Or when uh, I was. Wait, when were you? Statute of limitations. You know, sometimes you just don't ring something up at the at the Walmart or whatever. Sometimes you just sometimes you just be stealing. Wow. <laughs> One time I stole a cat scratcher that was probably like twenty dollars from Walmart because aren't they huge? Yeah, well, it was like from the back of the store, and I got all that, the way that's up to even the front, harder. and I realized there's no barcode on it, and I was like, "Fuck this! I'm not going back there. This is Walmart." So I just didn't pay for it. You well, could it was cardboard. It, it was like a cardboard box. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was like, "It's Walmart. I'm not going back there. This is on them." There was a story I was going to tell both of you guys that I said I would save for the pod, and it's sort of related to what you said, which is that I was accused, I guess, of something at the pharmacy. At the pharmacy sort of accused in a friendly way. I have a psychiatrist over the past several months. We've been testing out different doses of Adderall. So she started me off on a tiny little baby dose. And I was like, yeah, I notice an effect that's positive and there are no negative side effects. And she's like, okay, let's bump that shit up. And then she like made it more. And I was like, Pump same thing. Like, I don't notice any bad side effects and it's helpful. And she's like, okay, let's give you even more. And I'm like, okay. So this is my fourth time going, and I showed up, and I had my ID. It's a North Carolina ID, and there was a different pharmacist that I'd never seen before, and she was like, do you have a Georgia ID? And I said, no, this is my only one. She's like, well, we can't really give your medication to you. And I said, well— <laughs> I love how she said, we can't really give it to you. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll see. So she's like, we can't really—we're not really supposed to give it to you. And I'm like, well, I've, I've, you know, I've gotten this medication before with this same ID, and I've never had a problem. And she goes— well, this is a controlled substance. And I'm like, no, I've gotten this exact prescription filled here before with this ID and it's never been a problem. I love when people just don't listen yeah, to and you. Then, <laughs> and then a pharmacist at the back of the room yells, yeah, she has like four prescriptions. She's a frequent flyer. And I was flabbergasted. And I was like, uh, I laughed uncomfortably. And I was like, I mean, once a month, if that's frequent and she was like laughing too <laughs> did that woman not think you could no, hear she her? was like hollering it to me and the woman i was talking to well she was probably like saying she can get her she she's sarcastic? she gets her meds every month we can no. just give her her meds she's been getting them no it frequent means flyer you, means she's trying sounded, to get too saying much saying that medicine. i have four adderall prescriptions and i'm a frequent flyer <laughs> like the thing's combined sound kind of bad but they gave you the prescription she did end up giving it to me but she was like oh we could get in trouble with the dea she just saw you have like lots of different levels of the dosage prescribed and that's why she called it for like the doctor because it's a controlled substance she has to call in a new one every month so like that's how many prescriptions you have is however many months it is oh <laughs> hands would have been thrown if that were me i don't find that funny whatsoever well, i can't believe okay, you okay, laughed okay. at that <laughs> i would have been like you are getting fired today it's because of her like 
she was like saying it in a cheerful way. As I was driving away, I was saying to, I was mulling it over because I'm like, what a bizarre thing to say to someone. And I think that she meant, instead of frequent flyer, I think she meant repeat customer. And the reason I think she said it is because since <laughs> it's a hospital pharmacy, I think people normally only go one time. Like they're in the hospital and then when they leave, they get their meds and they never come back. Maybe. So that's what but I like think. In the medical <laughs> field, frequent flyer is like this lady's a hypochondriac. She keeps coming back when she's not supposed to. Yeah. Or like she's trying to Uh-oh. abuse the system. Ooh. Maybe that's the kind of thing that keeps her up at night. She's like, oh, my God, why did I say that? Maybe I meant she listens to the customer. pod. If you're listening. <laughs> hi. I, I know that you meant repeat customer. <laughs> Hi, I would have gotten you fired. <laughs> I didn't know that frequent flyer meant that. In the, I, I would think like, yeah, I'm always yeah. getting my pills. Like it's not frequent to come once a month to get a one month prescription, I don't think. No. I, I guess it's more so used like in an office setting where it's like, oh, here she comes. She's a frequent flyer again, like in an emergency room, basically. Mm, okay. Yeah. I've just... Like this lady comes in every other day and says she's out of her pain meds or yeah. Ooh, I took someone's teeth out the other day. <laughs> but, did you ask? I didn't give him any pain meds. Becca! I took out two teeth. You don't need pain meds for that. You took out two people's teeth with no pain meds? You were One just person's like, teeth? I mean, he had local anesthetic in there. Like, I put, gave him a shot in Okay, there. anesthetic, sure. Okay, well, that made it sound like you just wrenched him out and tied him down. No, no, I mean, like, I didn't give him, like, any opium for afterward, any opiate for afterward. What is it? What's the drug that I said my friend, her dad, accidentally poisoned with and she didn't come to my Halloween Hi. party? Hy- hydrocodone? Hydrocodone, Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Hydrocodone. <laughs> it was like 8 p.m., like the time the party was starting and people were starting to arrive. And she was like, hey, so I tweaked my back uh, yesterday and my dad gave me what he thought was Tylenol, but I think it was actually hydrocodone because now I'm high and I'm throwing up. Or she said, I'm trying to make myself throw up. Um, so I really want to see you. Um, I'm going to see if I can make myself throw up and then I'll and then I'll see if I can come. And I was like, she oh, my God. Have let it ride. Like, how often are you on an awesome drug that you didn't even like? It's not even your fault. She should have enjoyed it. <laughs> she was like, I really want to come to the party and see you. She had like driven like an hour and yeah. prepared all this stuff and like food and everything. And I was like, oh my God, Chrissy, like, don't worry about it. Like, don't make yourself throw up for this. So then she texted me a little later, like five minutes later. And she was like, hey, I threw up. I feel way better. I'm going to see you soon. And then like 30 minutes after that, I got another text from her and it said, hey, this is her <laughs> boyfriend. We're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> So it just kicked in, probably. She felt better because she she kept throwing up after that. Like she couldn't stop throwing up. Oh no. She said the the being high was fun. So at least she got that part. But I'm like, how do you mess up Tylenol and hydrocodone? I well, what I told you was when I I had like a weird neck thing once and I literally got prescribed and it says like Tylenol and then underneath it was like with hydrocodone. So I'm just saying if dad has bad eyesight, it's possible he saw the words Tylenol. And he might not have read further. He but might you have can read tell the one if it's word. in a prescription bottle. <laughs> I know, but he could have been like, oh, this is special strong Tylenol. This is special party Tylenol. <laughs> well, Steve, Stephen Hurt is back, uh, as both of you know. Stephen Hurt is back yesterday, and he got a prescription for, like, a really strong ibuprofen. And it doesn't have any, like, high effects. It's just ibuprofen, but it's super strong. Yeah, ibuprofen has no effect on me. They're always giving me 600 milligram ibuprofen, and I'm just like, that's like giving it to a sperm whale. My dad's not going to believe that. He's a strong adherent to the cult of ibuprofen. It's ibuprofen. What does it do? It's anti-inflammatory. It is anti-inflammatory. It's it's undeniable, Jackie. It's tox inhibitor. The prostaglandins. Yeah, in my mm-hmm. body, it's a big old piece of shit. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. <laughs> 
and does not have any noticeable effect on my pain. Um, okay, mm. well, should we talk about the whales? I actually did a lot of research on sperm whales because I realized I'm 100, 100 chapters into this book. By the end of episode four, today's episode, we will have covered through chapter 100, and then we'll only have about 30 more. I have to say one thing. If you read Moby Dick, you'll know less about sperm whales than you did when you started. That's the thing. Yeah. You'll know less correct information. (laughs) I realized I'm into it. And I was like, I don't understand anything he's saying. So I had to look up some stuff. You're like, is a whale a fish? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You will know less. So in this section of the book, the Pequod encounters a lot of other ships. Like you would think they're just out there with all these other ships all the time because they're seeing a lot of them. So this one is the Jeroboam story. So they encountered this ship called the Jeroboam, which apparently there's a guy on there. Uh, who calls himself Gabriel. I don't know his actual name, but he's saying he's the Archangel Gabriel and he's got all the sailors under his sway and almost everyone actually believes that he's divine or something and he's always like prophesying disaster and catastrophe. Gabriel is the captain or he's just some guy on a boat? No, he's no, just he's a, a guy. random sailor. And the captain is like, God, Gabriel, like I wish I could like throw him in the brig, but all the sailors are like, you're not going to touch a hair on his head because he's an angel. Wait, but yeah. why? Did, what does he do? Why do they they believe him he's crazy because he's a prophet <laughs> he says he's a prophet the captain is like the next time we like hit the land i'm putting gabriel like i'm getting rid of him and the crew is like if you do that we will all desert you <laughs> yeah yeah because he's just crazy well, so he has to keep it yeah so they encounter this other boat and you know go out in their little boats to go talk to each other and gabriel is on the boat with the captain and gabriel is just shouting nonsense like beware of this and beware of that and the heathens and the disbelievers and everything they say we're not going to go on the pequod because we have like an epidemic on our boat there's like a deadly fever or whatever yeah there's a disease running rampant so they can't do the exchange like usual covid yeah we've got the vid and of course ahab is like i don't care about that i need you to come up here and tell me if you've seen the whale and gabriel is just shouting all kinds of crazy things so they're like we're not coming up there he says do you want me to say some of the crazy things yeah sure basically gabriel in the past knew about moby dick And this was like a year ago. And he said that basically like Moby Dick is like God made flesh and that you cannot kill it. And that Mm -hmm. a year after he had said that, one of the like mates on the ship got ready to throw a harpoon and kill Moby Dick. His name is Macy. Yeah. Well, whatever. Who cares? He'll be gone in one sentence. And then the whale did a little flip move and the guy went into the sea and he drowned. Mm. Yeah, but it was miraculous because no one else on the boat got hurt at all. It's just this guy got flipped out of the, the boat. The guy who so. tried to kill him. Ever since then, they were like, Gabriel's a prophet. Why didn't they try to save the guy? He drowned and they just watched him drown? <laughs> like, Moby Dick bumped the bottom of the boat from below and that guy flew out of the boat so far and just immediately sank. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> so they didn't You'd try. you think he could swim for a little bit if he was a sailor. No. Or that they could go get him. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, so the captain is telling the story about this guy, Macy, who was drowned. And Ahab is like, oh, that's crazy. Actually, hold on one second. I actually think I have a letter for someone on your boat in my boat. So then he's talking again about how, like, they pick up letters. And Ishmael does say, like, it's usually the letters never make it to their targets because it's so rare that we're going to see each other. So what I said in the last episode about it being crazy that they try this is kind of accurate. It happens sometimes. It happens, yeah. But but Ishmael's like, wow 
wow, this hardly ever happens actually. So Ahab goes and gets the letter and he like opens it up so he can like stick the paper on a pole and send it over to the other boat. And he looks at it and he was like, oh my God, it's for Macy. It's for the dead guy. It's for the dead guy. And he tries to give it to them. And Gabriel is like, you give it to him yourself. You're about to see him soon if you're trying to hunt Moby Dick. Yeah. (laughs) And Ahab was like, fuck this guy. So he tries to give it to them, but Gabriel gets it in his hand and shoves it back onto Ahab's boat and then makes them row away. Yeah, he sticks it back on the boat knife and then, like, tosses the boat knife. It's crazy they stab the letter and pass it off. Yeah, I don't know why he had to open it. That was plot development, I guess. He could have just been like, I don't know what this is. Here you go. Oh, Is that the part? Because when we were talking about this earlier, Jackie said basically, like, it's 90 pages and only two of them are funny. (laughs) Was this one of the pages? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Two of them cumulatively. Like, if I take... If I take, like, a little sentence out of this page and that page, I might make two of them. So chapter 72 oh, okay. is called The Monkey Rope, and we again get reference to Ishmael and Queequeg being married. Oh, yeah, they get married. Well, how so? Via monkey rope. Oh, so I thought they were already married. They yeah, got but they get married again. <laughs> oh, they're getting extra married because Queequeg is on top of the sperm whale that is lashed to the boat, and he's, like, doing some work that he has to do on the whale or something. And Ishmael is lashed to him by— Work on the whale. Blubber cutting. Yeah, they have to, like, cut up the whale and stuff. Ew, yeah. okay. Oh, darn it. Okay. Yeah, he shouldn't have asked, honestly. Sorry I asked. Yeah, he's not just down there, like, <laughs> typing or something or, like, sending a fax. He's doing he's... a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ishmael— has a belt around his waist which is tied to the belt around Queequeg's waist and his job is to stop Queequeg from getting smashed by the ship whenever like the whale and the ship are moving around so he has to constantly like pick him up on this little rope and he stops and thinks to himself about like kind of sucks that my free will is being hampered by being tied to this guy like that's his husband I know but they also they refer to it as being wedded like when they're tied together it's a wedding yeah but he complains about it yeah he does which is crazy like he's trying to get a divorce already the old ball and chain yeah that's pretty married of him (laughs) (laughs) right imagine if you had to literally be tied to your spouse I would complain about that. But we find out that on every other ship, the one on the boat, the holder, is just holding onto the rope. They're not tied together. But Stubb, you remember him? The third mate. It was his idea that they should be tied together because then the one on the boat is more likely to try to do a good job because they know that if the other person goes down, they just drown too. (laughs) Mm. There's no honor system on this. So that's just how they do it on their boat. Only on the Pequod are they actually wedded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Only on the Pequod is anyone motivated to not let that other guy drown. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's hard work because he's down there slipping around on this whale, sending all his faxes and doing all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. then he comes back up on the boat and he's really tired. And Doughboy, so there's like two, I guess like galley boys or something. One is Doughboy and one is Pip. Doughboy is white and Pip is black. Doughboy comes up and gives Queequeg this, like, cup of water with some, like, ginger in it. And Stub mm-hmm. freaks out on him and is like, what the fuck do you think you're doing giving him water with ginger? Give this man some alcohol. Yeah. Oh, he's probably dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> probably would have been better. Yeah. That actually, it. yeah, that would have been way better for Doughboy him. Doughboy knows. Justice for Doughboy. Seriously. He was right. Mm-hmm. It was uh, that Quaker woman. Quaker? Shaker? Which are they? Quakers. Gabriel's a shaker. The women are Quakers. I'm sorry, what? You know, we we learned about it at religious middle school, the difference. Wait, a Quaker is a female Quaker and a no, Shaker no, no. is a male Quaker? It's a di- they're totally different groups. Oh, okay. A Quaker yeah. is a Shaker that is with Queequeg. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, no. No. Wait, Rachel, <laughs> tell me the difference. No, they're just they're just different religious sects. They're both tiny religious sects. But I think the Shakers might have gone extinct because I think they believed that you shouldn't have sex at all. So they only could increase their numbers by like adopting kids and eventually they just died out. I think there are, I read an article and I think there are like two Shakers. Whoa. They're like a very old woman and a very old man as of a few years ago. Okay, yeah. Wow, the last ones. They were similar to Quakers, but they would shake. Like, they would be taken over by the spirit, and they would shake. And so they started to get called. <gasps> Is that true? Shake. Yeah, that's yeah. where they got their name. Oh. They are Quakers who shake. Wow. And then there was a different sect called the Bakers. So you had the Shakers and the Bakers. And then you had the Wakers, the Wakers and the Bakers. Could have been something. But yeah, oh my gosh, I'm Googling it now. There's only two right now. Or as of yeah. 2022, there might be even fewer. But yeah, so they couldn't. It's not like you could be born into a Shaker family because you're not supposed to have sex. So No. Yeah. Well, the so the reason I mentioned that is because there was like a Shaker who who was helping supply the ship and she was like, don't give anyone alcohol, give them only ginger water. And they like throw that shit in the sea. That was a Quaker. Oh, I will say one thing is the Shakers believed in like gender equality. That's nice. So all their leaders, Mm -hmm. they had male and female leaders. That is pretty good. Well, the only thing about the Shakers is if they're super strict and if they can't have alcohol and they can't have sex, I feel like you adopt a child into the Shaker and maybe when they grow up, they're like, I don't want to do this. This is not fun. That's what happened. Yeah. Everybody just kind of left and then they couldn't get any more new people in. Yeah, because people are like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's too much. They should have kept the feminism and relaxed some of the other rules. But I mean, you know, like it is honestly, it is biblical. Paul said you're supposed to be celibate unless you absolutely can't help yourself. <laughs> I feel like Paul was gay, though. That's my head. <laughs> he had a lot him. of stuff going on psychologically. Paul hated a woman. And it's because he was gay, I think. Maybe. All gay men do hate women. Well, just the ones that are crazy closeted Paul religion boys. Like Mike Pence, who's not allowed to be alone in a room with a woman. He might, no, Paul could have been asexual. And so maybe he was like, obviously it's more godly to not be interested in sex. Mm. My piano teacher, who's a gay man. He loves women. No, you said he called you trash. So maybe Becca's right. Yeah, that's just a joke. <laughs> I'm not saying if you're gay, you hate women. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, no, he says Mike Pence is totally for sure closeted and anybody would know that. And I'm like, I can see that. I don't know if he is, but he could be. I think it's when you're closeted gay, that's when we run into things. I feel like an openly gay man is not going to be sexist closeted gay man he's a wild card he might be that's my hot take look my piano teacher says he's gay he's gay none of us can speak to that <laughs> what <laughs> okay so 73 is kind of funny do you want to talk about this one rachel so unfortunately becca they kill another whale kill an- no yeah but this one's a right whale yeah that doesn't make me feel better about it jackie <laughs> they look down on this whale. So when they once they kill the whale, everyone's That's like even worse. They're basically like, "What the fuck? This isn't even a good whale. Like it doesn't have that oh, much good no. stuff." Yeah, they're bitching about it the whole time. Yeah, complaining. They should have let it live. Then I know it's terrible. Well, Stub says the reason they did it is because Fadala, remember one of the secret Filipino the secret men, Filipino, had told Ahab that. Look, you've got a sperm whale attached to one side of the ship, a sperm whale head. If you attach the head of a right whale to the other side of the ship, it's like a charm and it'll prevent it from capsizing. So you've got to go out and get a different whale head. And they were like, fine. Yeah. I don't think it's a charm. I think it's just about counterbalance. <laughs> Ye of little faith. Well, that and that's true because as soon as they put the heads on, Ishmael is like, whoa, like the boat is more balanced. <laughs> and then immediately he's like, but it would be balanced even better if we didn't have any whale heads attached. 
attached at all. Yeah. <laughs> or I would think if it was a sperm whale, it would be about the same weight. Why did they have to get a totally different whale? That's what makes it magical. That's the one they could get, I think. But it's sad that they had to kill that one and they didn't even appreciate its sacrifice. What's this expression that's like, there's some song that's like, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. That's about whales. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't kill the one you love, kill the one you're with. (laughs) Well, in this case, you did kill the one you love and the one you're with. (laughs) Yeah, just kill both. (laughs) But while they're out there, Stubb and Flask, who are respectively the third and second mates, are having a little convo and... Stubb is like, I'm pretty sure Fadala is the literal devil. Like he, I'm pretty sure he has a tail. Yeah, they don't, which honestly racist. Are they being racist? Racist. (laughs) Just because a man's a secret Filipino. Or Rachel, listen here, is it, is it not racist? It's just nautical? Nautical. Ooh, what, what sound effect should I have for our, is it racist or is it nautical game? Yeah. Uh, Should it be like bubbles? Maybe seagulls. Let's ask Jacob. Let's ask Jacob what it should be. Okay. We'll involve him. I like seagulls. Seagulls? Seagulls. Like, I'm not going to make a seagull noise. It's not going to go well. Like, ah, ah. Yeah. That, you know, I was also thinking seagull, but then I was like, it could be fun to involve Jacob because he has a baby now. Oh, okay. Wait, just because he has a baby, he knows about nautical noises? Well, he's bored, so he might want to be involved. (laughs) Well, and he loves Moby Dick. We did ask him to be on this episode. (laughs) This episode. (laughs) You started with episode, then you went to episode. I don't know. He said he can't. He said he's having a friend round tonight. <laughs> uh, round for a spot of tea. What is the of the crumpets? A cuppa. That's probably actually he is going to have a spot of tea. <laughs> a spot of tea and a spot of beans on toast. We thought we'd take a turn round the garden. Yeah. We should have him on the final episode, though, because he does love Moby Dick. We'll try. He does. So is this racist or is it nautical? Jacob here. I did, in fact, just have a baby. Well, I didn't personally have the baby, but I do nonetheless have a baby now. It is so boring. I cannot imagine anything more boring than having a baby. Every day of my life is gray and bleak. This podcast is the only thing keeping me going each day. Never have a baby. Anyway, Jackie and Rachel asked me what sound I think should go along with their game. Is it racist or just nautical? Being a man of music, I suggested a little ditty called the sailor's hornpipe. Enjoy. Well, so Stump is Stump. <laughs> Stub is like, that guy's the devil. He has his tail. He hides it in his trousers. And like, he has to stuff things in his shoes because his little goat feet won't fill up the shoes all the way. And <gasps> oh my God, <laughs> that is ableist. Some people just have club feet. Some people have goat feet. Doesn't Stub, isn't he missing a foot though? Stub? No, I don't think so. We, I think we just keep making that up because it sounds like he has a stump, but he doesn't. Oh, I just assumed he did have a stump, and I was like, <laughs> I think his name is just Stub. His name is Stub. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real name. Fadala is the devil, and he thinks he's got a deal with Ahab where Ahab sold his soul for the chance to hunt Moby Dick. And he's like, I'm going to kill that guy. I'm going to throw him overboard. Did you know he's like thousands of years old? He's lived for forever. And Flask is like, well, how are you going to kill him? You just said he's the actual devil. And he's like, and he's thousands of years old. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm going to throw him overboard. And he's like, well, what if he comes back up? And he's like, well, I'm just going to keep throwing him overboard. (laughs) You better not throw him overboard. If he's the devil, he'll be fine. I I wanted to say one thing on the topic 
on the topic of stub, which is that okay. when I was in high school, I babysat this little boy who was born with um, his arm ended like right after his elbow. The nubbin boy. And he you called him the nubbin boy. He, no, he referred to his arm. He called it his nubbins. Okay. Because it made it sound like Becca was just like, oh, that's what we call people like that. I No, she, no, we did not call him that. <laughs> Nubbing people. But when I was babysitting him for the first time, he said something. He was like, oh, no. He said something like, I got it on my nubbins. I need to wipe my nubbins <laughs> off. Oh, I remember. <laughs> he was so cute. He was really cute. And one time he was, we were coloring. Yeah. And we had some stickers and he was like coloring on his nubbins. And he put a sticker on it and I was like. Yeah, coloring the end of the nubbins. And yeah, he decorated And then I it. had to wipe it off for, I was like, I can't give you back to your mom like this. <laughs> what have you done to my nubbins? <laughs> <laughs> to my boy's nubbins. He also um, had a really, really strong Southern accent. I was hoping he would. And when I was babysitting him, this is kind of odd. But when they had me babysit him and his brother was also there and his brother was my age. Like, he was also in the house. We were there together. Do you think they were trying to set you up? No, I think his brother was just, like, refused or was just not responsible. <laughs> so they hired another oh child God. who was the same age as him to watch his little brother. But at one point, like, the three of us were sitting around the table and I was giving the little guy his—I know his name, but I'm just not going to say it. Um, but I was giving him his dinner and I got him um, a cup of water and all this. And then out of nowhere, he just goes, my ass is melting. <laughs> and his brother and I look at each other and I was like, what's that? And he goes, my ass is melting. Is he Frosty the Snowman? Is that his name? <laughs> and finally was like, oh, your ice. Oh, his ice. <laughs> He's saying, <laughs> my, my ice is melting. But he was like three years old and had a really strong accent. Aww. That's pretty cute. That just reminded me of speaking of having someone who's the same age as you. Yeah. This could go anywhere. <laughs> One time, my mom... Okay, like, long story, I'm going to cut most of it out, but just for background. So, like, okay. my ma my sister Madeline had a friend my named Madeline. Hannah. My, my Madeline. <laughs> In their Girl Scout troop was this girl named Hannah, and Hannah had an older brother named Josh who was, like, a year older than me, like, in the grade above me. And for some reason... My mom, like, hired that boy to babysit me. What? <laughs> he was one year older When than we you? were almost the same age, and it was because he had a little crush on me, and my mom thought that would be a cute way for us to hang out. <laughs> to have him babysit? No, it's not. <laughs> him as your babysitter? <laughs> so that's why you thought she was trying to set Rachel up with a brother. <laughs> That's why I thought that, yeah. Because <laughs> it happened to you. He came over and we watched my big fat Greek wedding. We were like you 12. Can't, you can't be watching my big fat Greek wedding and needing to be babysat by a boy one year old. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> I didn't like him at all. So they just paid him to go out with you, basically? That's the dream right there. I don't think, I don't even know if they paid him or I don't know if they were just like, oh, Jacqueline's like sick at home by herself. You should go hang out she with her. She needs you to babysit her. <laughs> oh, okay. But he told you he was babysitting you and you were like, what? I don't, I don't know if he used those words. I just remember we sat on opposite ends of the couch and like didn't speak and it was really awkward. Yeah, uh, I bet it was. They're always trying to get me with a Joshua. Yeah, I wish Darius's mom would pay me to hang out with him. <laughs> That'd be Why? amazing. Because <laughs> I hate hanging out with him. Because then I would have money. I hang out with him all the time. <laughs> no, no, because I'm going to do it anyway. But then I would have more money. I need to, at some point, I need to tell you guys about how many times I like 
either thought a man was gay and then he was straight and he thought we were flirting and I didn't. The opposite. Or like I thought I was going like hanging out with a man as a friend and then like en route to the hangout I realized he thought it was a date and then I had a horrible time. <laughs> and this has happened a lot of times. <laughs> I actually find out after the date that it was a date. That's better. <laughs> I I usually realize on the way there, I get like a cold sweat and I'm like, dear God, does he think this is a date? <laughs> and you never learn from that? I, I live in hope. Like, why should I not be able to be friends with a man just because they keep yeah. thinking we're going out? <laughs> See, what I do is I agree to it knowing that, ooh, this is probably what he thinks it's going to be. But again, I don't want to be one of those girls that's like, everybody wants me. So I have to tell him this isn't going to be a date. I'm like, well, he just asked to do something. And if he didn't say it's a date, then why would I assume it's a date? But then I know in my head it probably is. And then I cancel ahead of time. And then it's weird. We just need to do a bonus episode where we talk about all these. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'll include another bonus of all the times that I thought it was a date, but actually he was gay. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) What a nice surprise. So the opposite experience. Yeah. (laughs) That you thought of the reverse. (laughs) I would rather that happen than think that he's gay, but it's really a date. Oh, I would love for that to happen. He was holding my hand and walking around with me holding my hand. And I was like, wow, this he was is gay. Great. And then he was like, how could you have thought that? <laughs> yeah, how could gay. you think I was a straight man that was into you? <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, also like... Maybe he was very pretty gay, and you should have known he was gay, though. Um, no, men in men in Bun who were gay were very closeted because uh, oh. you could probably be killed <laughs> if anyone suspected. Oh, so I had no. a lot of crushes on gay guys. Oh, but maybe he was holding your hand as a beard situation then. No, I think he was. I think he, he needed, was. He needed you to be a beard. Well, then for it's a not bit. fair for him to say, "How could you not know I was gay?" Oh, he didn't actually say that. What I was saying was. Our, we had a German exchange student in high school, Romea. Shout out. She's not listening, but maybe her daughter will someday. <laughs> her baby. Her daughter's currently less than one year old, but yeah, maybe she'll listen and one day. She'll be alive longer than that, long enough to listen if she wants to. She'll be alive longer than we will. Yeah. Unless I do something crazy. Anyway. Like kill her? I mean, like to make myself live longer. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> like what? Kill that baby? No, like I take, I drink from the fountain of youth. (laughs) Yeah, but it's much easier to kill a baby than it is to find the fountain of youth. So we both assume, yeah, yeah. No, but anyway, (laughs) Romea, she was visiting from Germany, and just the style and the mannerisms of high school boys where she was from were so different from semi-rural coastal North Carolina that she got crushes on so many guys who were gay, like obviously gay like even like basically they were out like she would meet them doing musical theater and I would have to tell her I'm like he is gay girl and she would have to say like no why are you saying that I'm like you can just tell you can tell is it because Germans act more effeminate or well she she would go to the club a lot back home and just the style of a German man in the of a straight German man who goes to the club was the same style of an American high school boy who was gay. Like the outfit. That's just, yeah. that was, they just dressed the same. And she was like, yeah. this is the style. All the guys I like at home, this is exactly how they dress and look and everything. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, but there there's literally one straight guy doing musical theater right now. My Dutch friend introduced me to a podcast that I like. It's called Boom Time with Flula Borg. You ever heard of Flula? He's very funny. You talk about him all the time. I do not. <laughs> his his actual name is Flula? I don't know what his actual name is. I don't think he was born Flula, but it's Boom Time with Flula Borg. And okay. I think my friend said something one time about like how he's like so very gay. And I was like, 
Flula's not gay. And he was like, he is. He's extremely, extremely flamboyant. And I was like, I thought he was just German. You were like, no, he's just German. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's not, it's not everybody. It's just for those few years of intersection, straight German teens who club dressed and acted the same as gay American teens in rural coastal North Carolina. I can see why she was confused. She was I really confused. Was confused. And, and I know that I'm right because, you know, as soon as we graduated, all of those guys came out and they're basically all like married to men now. And I'm so happy for them. It's just every time with her, every time she thought a boy was cute, I had to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she finally ended up marrying a German man because we didn't have what she wanted over here. A straight one. Yeah, a straight yeah. German man, I should say. It's the only way she yeah. could be able to tell. Well, chapters 74 through 77 are all just details of whale anatomy. Uh, so I don't think we really have to talk about those. Of the one they killed that they don't even appreciate? He has one where he talks about this is the sperm whale's head. This is the right whale's head. This is more about the sperm whale's head. What a boring guy. He he does this thing where he, he starts on the outside and then he like goes in all the way to the whale's brain and like every chapter is him going a layer deeper. The one thing in here, number 77, is called the Great Heidelberg Tun. Tun? I don't know how to say that. But I looked that up. Apparently he's referring to the part, the organ in the sperm whale's head that holds the spermaceti. Isn't it spermaceti? Is it spermaceti? Sp spermaceti. I don't know. I guess it's spermaceti. Yeah. The spermaceti organ. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. It's inside the head. And we were talking about this in Dracula. We were like, what is sperm? So it's like this white milky substance. And it's called that because they erroneously thought that is what like, that's what the whale's semen was, was kept in its head. That's insane. And that the female whales also kept a lot of sperm in their heads. <laughs> yeah. Because they use it for, like, echo, like the echolocation type thing, right? Or, like, sending out their noises. They think they do. I looked it up. They won't tell us. We keep asking. Apparently, we still don't know. <laughs> Who They? Who's they? The whales. <laughs> but they use it either for echolocation or for, like, diving and resurfacing and stuff. Mm, okay. And I was Googling. Googling this, <laughs> I think it was our sperm and spermaceti the same or something like that. And it was like, here are some other Google searches that you might like. Here are them. You might like. What is female sperm called? <laughs> the answer to that, it's it's eggs. I love that. <laughs> wait, wait, is that, did someone Googled that? Yeah. These are questions people have asked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At what age does a woman stop ejaculating? I don't think we ever... Pretty we much never, never stop. Do. <laughs> some no. some oh, women yeah, never start, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, what is female sperm called? What's another name for whale sperm? What is the common name for spermaceti? At what age does a woman stop ejaculating? Why is it? What is it called when a woman has a baby without sperm? It's called Jesus. Parthenogenesis. <laughs> what is super sperm called? Why are sperm whales so loud? Why are sperm whales so big? How big is a sperm? Can a 70-year-old woman get wet? <laughs> Can mm. a woman squirt after menopause? Mm. I don't like that. <laughs> and, oh, I see in my search bar now, the only word I had typed was spermaceti. And those were Those were the suggested the questions. That's crazy. Actually, what I typed was spemaceti because I typed it wrong. <laughs> Speem. That's probably why if you had only spelled it right, you'd have better searches, Jackie. It would all be appropriate whale questions. So, yeah. I will, Becca, one thing is 
something kind of cute is Ishmael when he's talking about the whale heads. He thinks the sperm whale's better, like more noble and has more character. But he's also noticing how they have these tiny eyes on the sides of their heads. And he's like, wow, what must that whale see? What must it be like to look through two tiny eyes on the side of your head? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's got a point. Yeah, he does. Finally. (laughs) It only took 76 chapters. They can see, I will say they can see like 320 degrees around their head, probably. But their depth perception is not there at all. So different situation. I also learned this week that sperm whales can kill you. They're like the loudest animals on the planet. They can kill you just with a click. No, with sound. One single click. They can go Kate Bush on your ass. Yeah. But you have to be under the water, I'm assuming. I guess, but the fact yeah, that probably. the fact that they exercise restraint and don't do that whenever there's a human near them is pretty crazy. They need to talk to the orcas. The orcas could probably get them to start clicking us to death. They could literally cause your head to explode. They can make a, a noise so loud. Hmm. How do we know that though if they aren't doing it? <laughs> because no, you they've, <laughs> they've measured never it before. Done it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> they've measured it and they know it's like 320 decibels or something. That's like twice as loud as a jet engine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah, maybe good they don't. Get up with the orcas, because we wouldn't survive it. Nope. You heard the orcas capsized another yacht. Oh, when? In Poland. A couple, like a week and a half ago. Those guys. I like that they can tell that it's a yacht, and they're like, eat the rich. This is too big. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, (laughs) specifically a yacht. Yeah, Yeah, it's never like like a steamboat or a like a cargo ship. It's funny because, like, obviously it would be a lot easier for them to capsize, like, a fishing boat. Yeah. Or a tugboat, but they don't want to do that. They want to get the yachts. <laughs> it's like they, they're like... They're our comrades. I don't know, like working class heroes. Yeah, they, Maybe they can tell there's good food on there and they, I don't know, they like yeah. the way rich people maybe. taste. Oh, are they eating? I don't, are they eating the people? I don't think the orcas are eating the people. I think the people get away. Yeah. I think they're just like, this is too much money for one person to have. <laughs> and they <laughs> tip over the yacht. Where I, where I learned the clicking thing was there was a, a Reddit thread this week that was like, what's the scariest animal in the ocean that you've ever learned about? And someone said that about sperm whales. And then below that, someone, I don't know, I don't think that they were aware of this and I don't think they were making a reference to Moby Dick, but like the comment below that in that same thread about sperm whales was like, the crazy thing about bears is that like polar bears are even scarier than brown bears because of being white. white. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but I could read it to Wait, you, but really? the way they said it, yeah, like the way they said it made me think that they were not aware. Is it racism? Did you, were you like, is this Ishmael? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is Ishmael on Reddit right now? <laughs> Wait, what? why? What was their explanation? <laughs> I don't remember why they suddenly stopped. Okay, so it says, post a screenshot to our Instagram, by the way. Yeah, I will. Sperm whales, aka click click doom whales. They feed on giant squid. They're the most frightening animal on the planet in my opinion someone said why are they the most frightening i only ask because when they're encountered i feel like all animals are frightening great whites brown bears squid whales really all animals all animals really mean kids <laughs> they're all a bad time and then someone responded to that and it said i've encountered brown bears intimidating but everyone lived i'm reliably informed that white bears different story they think of you as food 
And if you're on foot with no vehicle around, best you have a large, large gun. And I'm like, literally? White bears? They're called polar bears, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's Ishmael. (laughs) Well, I will say, though, not because of them being white, but because, unfortunately, global warming, polar bears do not have access to the food sources that they used to. So maybe they're just more desperate. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe polar bears are more desperate. I think they also are just... They have less fear, right? Like, they are really constitutionally more aggressive than brown bears. They're the kings of the Arctic. No, it's because they're white, Jackie. <laughs> Anti-white racism strikes again. Well, anyway, the, the great Heidelberg Tun thing is a giant 220,000-gallon wine cask in Heidelberg, and you can go and visit it. Is there wine in it? Not anymore. Today it functions more as a dance floor. Okay, that's cute. The cask, like everyone goes in a giant barrel and dances around? On top of it. On top? I would go in. Isn't it curved? A barrel has a flat thing on top. Yeah, the Wikipedia page about it is kind of funny because it's like, it's been mentioned in Moby Dick, it's in Les Mis, it's in Washington Irving's The Spectre Bridegroom, it's been in a Mark Twain novel, it's been in a Robert Schumann song, and then... (laughs) It's like the original meme. Yeah, he says, the English writer Jerome K. Jerome visited it in 1890 and said, what there is of interest in the sight of a big beer barrel, it is difficult in one's calmer moments to understand, but the guide tells us to visit it so we visited it (laughs) he's basically like there's nothing cool about it it's just yeah it's just a big cask i'm looking at it now is it good there's a bunch of drawings of it it's not even as big as i thought it would be when jackie said dance floor i thought it'd be way bigger it's not that big i mean it is enormous how many people do you think could dance on that bad boy i don't think like how many could dance on it yeah like a good dance or like they're packed on there uh, both. I feel like a pack dance is a good dance sometime. No, because you don't have freedom of movement. I think if you wanted to do good dances, I would say maybe 10 people. Huh. That isn't very big. That's not. No way. No packed, way. Packed, I would say 50 You people. have not seen Becca dancing in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I need a lot of space, Jackie. <laughs> she needs a space of five, apparently. If you need to be able to reach your arms out. That thing is really big. We're going to come back to this. Maybe the picture you're looking at doesn't do it justice. It's like smaller than my living room is my point. No way. Wow. Ten people can dance in your living room? Freely. I mean, I have a lot of furniture, but... You have a lot of couches as we You know she has... Yeah. Yeah. She's got an awful lot of couches. But I'm saying like, you know, you got to be able to do the worm if the need arises. The only good dance is the dance where you can do a worm, according to Becca. No, I'm saying if you want like a good, this is a good amount of space. Like I don't want to be squished and I might feel the urge to do the worm. It's definitely not an option if I'm packed like a sardine. Seriously. Yeah, worms are not sardines. I just think it's funny that the Wikipedia page is like, this is all the art that it's inspired. And then it's like some guy saying, we just went to it because they told us to go to it, but it wasn't cool. I mean, it's just it's a big barrel. I don't know. I don't know why it's historic for being a big barrel. So listen, Becca, do you remember Tesh Tego? He's another sailor. He's another harpooner. Oh, another harpooner. Okay. Yeah. He's he's trying to get the sperm out of the whale's head, and they call that tapping when you're like opening it up to get the sperm out. What do you do with it? He lowers in a bucket. You just like scoop it out with a bucket, and then you pass it back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so while he's doing it, he falls in, and it's like twenty feet deep at the bottom, like sucked into the sperm whale head in this oily oh. hole. Yeah. So he falls into the whale's the head. head. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How do they get him out? Well, they they kind of do. They kind of don't. So one of the other sailors is like freaking out and he's trying to put a rope in the whale's head so Tashtego can grab it and get out. But then all the stuff that's like attaching the head to the ship, it breaks and the whale's head falls into the ocean with Tashtego inside. And then... That's terrible luck. <laughs> really bad luck. Guess who dives in the ocean to save him? Quick, Queequeg. Yeah. He dives in and he like cuts into the head and he delivers Tashtego and it's like he's a baby being born, but he's a man being born from the head of a dead whale. Because apparently the head was sinking fairly slowly. So instead of diving down 20 feet into the hole from the top, he sl- he slides up under the head, cuts it open. And then for some reason they mentioned that like he pu- he reaches in and like pulls and he feels Tashtego's leg and tries to pull it. And then he's like, Just wait, like no. Baby. That's not going to work. And then he makes him do a somerset. He makes him flip around inside the whale head so he can come out the right way, head first. That's crazy he was able to communicate that to him. I have no idea. It would work to go out leg first, by the way. Maybe he was worried his other leg would get stuck or something. I mean, but why wouldn't his arm get stuck? His arm doesn't get stuck. He pulls him out by his hair. <gasps> Time to come up for some air. Wow, what a tale. Let's talk about something else real quick. And that thing is how you can support us if you enjoy the podcast. As you probably noticed, we are back. We're releasing episodes pretty much as usual now that I'm done getting married and taking the bar exam and Jackie's done with her Halloween party. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to support us so that we can continue to do some stuff like get better audio equipment <laughs> yeah that was a real must please go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon you can for three dollars or more a month you can support us and get access to all our bonus content we have some other fun stuff sometimes i do cocktail recipes based on books we do sometimes we post photos of things and talk about other stuff it's it's nice mostly the bonus episodes are the big draw and we give you a shout out shout out sticker whatever sorry jordan you're gonna have to wait till next time because jackie's phone died so you know Tune in next, you know, two weeks from now. But you know also what you should do if you're thinking about being a patron? You should become the premium patron and make us read a book that you want us to read. It could be a lot of fun. Here's what's funny. We've had a few premium patrons and only one of them has ever told us what book to read. Like we're waiting. What was the book? Uh, it was a Confederacy of Dunces. But like we're oh, we're yeah. waiting. We are waiting. Stephen gets to tell us a book. Suman, another patron who I won't name because like they're not a personal friend or husband of mine. <laughs> a personal friend or so, husband. <laughs> a personal husband of mine. But anyway, yeah. If you do that, you know you can make us do whatever book you want. We we'll do it. We might have to put it on a patron patron feed if it's like inappropriate or whatever but we'll cover a book like 50 shades of gray that goes Uh, we could cover that on the main feed i think it's not that crazy it's not that crazy i don't think so i mean then what would be crazier than that people i've seen women reading it on the train like it can't be that nuts i don't know women are wild these days which i love that for them but for them (laughs) for us all right yeah uh yeah consider becoming our patron and we love you and okay let's go back under the water now (gasps) anyway so queequeg he does the dang thing he saves tashtego yep Mm -hmm. so anyway so the next chapter is when he talks about phrenology and he ishmael says basically like oh the sperm whale he has a wonderful brow like you know highbrow is like a phrenology thing 
but he's saying like, oh, it's the whale. It's so highbrow. It, it's it's so dignified. It's like a you know like a Greek god, a and it's a it's a freaking genius. Yeah, he says the sperm whale is a it genius. It actually probably is a genius. Though. But then, but then he's like, look, I'm not a professional. You figure it out for yourself. <laughs> he also has a quote that I like where he says. Wait, genius in a whale? How could that be? Has the whale ever written a book? Like, get over it. What the heck? So that was Herman Melville coming through. He's like, (laughs) I'm obviously a genius. Look at this book that I wrote. I'm the (laughs) genius. I'm smarter than a whale. (laughs) Well, he is arguing, yeah, he is arguing that the whale is a genius, but he's also saying, obviously, if you write a book, then you're a genius. You're even smarter than a whale. Yeah, but like he's saying like maybe a sperm whale's a genius, but it hasn't even written a book. So if you've written a book, you're even more of a genius like me, perhaps, once I finish this dang book. <laughs> so in the next chapter, he's like, here's the problem. We shouldn't really be judging intelligence by a head because like a sperm whale, their brain is actually really small. Like they have a ton of forehead and skull before you get to the brain and the brain is like really tiny. So then he's like, okay. actually, I think we should do phrenology on a spine instead of a head. And if we what? did phrenology on a whale's spine, then we would know that it's like indomitable. It's powerful because of the hump of its back and its wonderful spine. It's ridiculous because the sperm whale has the largest brain of any species. It is a huge Not brain. proportionately. And yeah, but he calls it the nut. This is the point. He doesn't know anything. The nut. It's bigger than his brain. I don't know how big their brains are in real life, but he claims it's like 10 inches. That's like how big our brain is, though. I know. So I don't know if that's true or not. He says it looks like a human skull in there. He says it is pretty understandable that, you know, because you look at a human spine and vertebra look just like small little skulls stacked on top of each other. And I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. (laughs) They do not look like tiny little skulls stacked on top of each other. And he also, he says, if you take the whale skull and you try to do phrenology with it like you would with a a human skull, you would say, hmm, this man has no (laughs) self-esteem. Oh, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Um, That's not how I do phrenology. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, so we should do phrenology on a spine because, listen... A thin joist of a spine has never yet upheld a full and noble soul. I rejoice in my spine. Oh, come on. A thin little spine has never upheld any soul. They're all the same. You've never seen a little tiny needle of a spine. Yeah, he's weird. But he's saying like, well, we have those. They're just in like weak people. Yeah, he's he's got problems. Let's let's move on. <laughs> I just love the idea of like little tiny skulls making up all the vertebra. Okay, so just this is a real quick next chapter in my opinion. They meet another ship called the Jungfrau, which is the Virgin, and the Virgin is like, "Hey, we're really bad at catching whales. Can you please give us some oil for their own lamps?" And the captain is like, "Please, Ahab, please give us some freaking oil." And Ahab's like, "Okay, well, have you seen the white whale?" And they say, "No, sorry." Sprechen Sie Deutsch? They have not seen Moby Dick. Do they give them oil even though they haven't seen the whale? They do. They see some whales and the Pequod and the Jungfrau are like trying to get sh- catch the whales. And unfortunately, the Pequod gets it. They don't let the Jungfrau catch the whale. The Pequod takes it. Oh, the Jungfrau really needs it. Yeah. And it's not even a good whale. It's like it says like an old whale with a lot of growth. That's rude. Why do you keep calling whales not good whales, Rachel? No, they said it's enormous. It's an enormous whale. They said it's going to be 400 gallons. No, but I mean like, but it's got growths on it is what I'm saying. 
Like, it was easy to catch. Yeah, but that doesn't make the oil any worse. Poor guy. <laughs> They're so judgmental of these poor whales. Yeah, I know, the poor whale. It's a super old whale. They they find, like, a harpoon point made out of stone, and it's super old. And they're like, oh, my gosh, wow. And also, the whale only has one little fin, so it can't even swim Aww. right. And it's really sad. That's I know, ableist sad. of them. But also... They give them all the oil so that they can take back for their own lamps. And then when they start chasing after the whale, the captain throws the oil that they just gave them back at them to try to stop them from getting there very fast. And I'm like, well, that's kind of rude, actually. That was very rude. So they kind of didn't deserve to get it first. But I just feel bad for that old whale that they're dissing. I know, for no seriously. Reason. But so here's the thing is after they bring the carcass up to the ship, they realize that that particular whale carcass is sinking and it's like starting to drag the whale down. Really fast. And Ishmael's like, wow, you never know which whale carcass is going to sink and which one is going to float. And then the German guys start chasing a different kind of whale, which is called a finback. And Ishmael is like, they kind of look like sperm whales if you don't know what you're doing, but they're way too fast at swimming, so you'll never catch them. So he's like, wow, these Germans, they don't know what they're up to. Well, what is a finback? I don't know. I thought maybe an orca or something. I'm going to Google it, but that doesn't look like a sperm whale, I don't think. No, but you can't see under the water is the thing. The water is in the way. Mm. Yeah. A finback whale, it says it's called a fin whale. Oh, that's, mm. that's help. That's helpful. A fin whale. It says they are the second largest whale species on Earth, second only to the blue whale. I'm going to Google Ooh. finback whale versus sperm whale. How are they so much faster? But here's my question. Why don't sperm whales all just immediately dive under the water instead of, like, giving chase like this? Yeah, I wonder that, too. Maybe they are they need to come up to breathe for a while to do a big dive. They just don't know that we're going to try to kill them, maybe. They're too noble. They would never suspect. But they but they know we're trying to kill them when we've been chasing them and chasing them and chasing them. Okay, look, I'm looking at a diagram. I'll, I'll send this to you guys. We can post it on Instagram. I'm looking at a diagram of whales. A sperm whale and a finback whale look nothing alike. Well, he said if you don't know what you're That's doing. That's how idiotic those Germans are. No, you would have to you would have to know nothing whatsoever about any kind of whale to think these whales look alike. What if you only saw the fin? What if you can't no, see I'm the whale? No, I girl, I am looking at the fin. They look nothing alike. <laughs> well, let me see. These fins, if you look at this diagram, those fins are extremely dissimilar. Send it in the chat. Okay, I'll send the image in the chat. Let I'll me try, be the judge of that. We'll also um, exactly. we'll post it on Instagram so people can also be the judge of that. Take a look at those. Insane. Yeah, but Rachel, imagine you're looking two miles off in the water and you see a thing poking out. You're not nope. going to know what it's on I'm, and what it's not oh, on. Oh, I'm going to know. I have a spyglass. I have my trusty spyglass at my side as usual. Mm. <laughs> I know. There's water on. around it. It's moving nope. fast. How are you Nobody know? would think those look the same. <laughs> so 82 is called The Honor and Glory of Whaling, and he just compares himself basically to a bunch of historical figures. And, and mythological figures. Honestly, I feel like Ishmael, I hate to say it, Ishmael and Herman Melville are very similar. They both think very highly of themselves. Yeah, probably. Oh, do we know anything about Herman Melville other than... We did a whole episode on him. Yeah, you should know something about her. Did did he think really highly of himself in that episode? I think I think he did. I can tell by him saying, you're a genius if you write a book. Yeah. That, I think. Oh, no, know? I think for sure Ishmael is Herman Melville, but 
I don't think well, we have any reason to think that other than the fact that it just really seems like that. It does seem like <laughs> No reason to think that except for all the evidence that we have. Like there wasn't anything in his biography that was like, this dude's full of himself. Becca, the next chapter, this is something I'm sure that you would think about, but Ishmael starts to talk about the story of Jonah and the whale. Jonah was, it was a fish. Yeah, well, fish, whale. He thinks a whale is a fish. He says, like, I talked to this whaleman in Sag Harbor who was old and experienced. And that guy told me that there's no way that Jonah could have survived because if a whale swallowed a man... The like the stomach juices would make it so that the man would die. He could not survive for three days. Well, it was it wasn't supposed to be a whale, even a fish, right? Fish digest. He was like, well, maybe, well, maybe it wasn't in the stomach. Maybe he just hung out in the mouth. And then he said, well, maybe it wasn't a whale at all. Maybe it was a ship called the whale that <laughs> and he got swallowed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then he says, maybe it was a dead whale. And he was just hanging out in the floating dead whale. How do you get swallowed by a dead fucking whale? How dumb are you? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was pretty dumb in the story. He also says there's no way because he goes into the geography and he was like, Jonah was swallowed up off the coast of Syria, which is in the Mediterranean Sea. And then he came out a three days journey from Nineveh. And I'm like looking at like maps of the ancient like Near East trying to figure out where Mm -hmm. all this stuff is. And I'm comparing it with like modern maps because I don't know. So I'm looking at, okay, this is where Syria is. And then in order to get to Nineveh, you have to go through the Persian Gulf up the Tigris River. And that's like on modern day, like Iraq-Iran border. And he's like, well, it could have happened if the whale went all the way around to Africa, but that's really Whoa. unlikely. And I was like, why would he have had to do that? Just use, just, you're right there. Why would you go all the way around Africa? Like, I could not figure this out. I spent like an hour on this. Oh, he's saying that's how it would need to take three days as opposed to take one day? Uh, no, he was saying you can't possibly do that in three days. He's saying you can't get to <laughs> Iraq from Syria without going around Africa first. And I was like, that is not the case. Oh, because you're like, geographically, you don't have to go around Africa. Could have just swam up a river. Maybe whales can't do that. Well, but if it was a fish, then he could. Maybe, but there's no fish that big. You don't know, Dairy Rachel? Darius! (laughs) You don't know Dairy Rachel? (laughs) That's what it's called when Rachel milks a cow. (laughs) Dairy Rachel. So, but you know what this is time for. What is it time for, Jackie? It's time for our new sound effect. For when things are proven to be false using Bible logic. The Bible. (laughs) Yeah, using Bible logic. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. So anyway, the next chapter... It's basically just them getting ready to get another whale. So Queequeg is speeding up their harpoon boats, which you can do by, like, oiling the bottom of the boat. You should just always have it oiled then. I guess you have to apply fresh oil. Whale oil. Apply directly to the boat. Head. Anyway, so Stubb gets a whale. He he hits it with a lance. So there we go. That's the chapter. Yeah, but he doesn't kill it. He just hits it. 85 is funny. It's called The Fountain, and it's just Ishmael trying to, like, talk about the spout of the whale, and he's just really confused about it. And he's like, is it water? Is it air? Is it vapor? Is it going in? Is it going out? He's like, what is it? What is coming out of that spout? <laughs> and he's like, you might say that, can't you tell the difference between water and air? And to that I say, No. Simple things are the most confounding of all. (laughs) (laughs) To that I say, no. (laughs) He also says, I'm pretty sure that the whale must be thinking really deep thoughts because 
when people are really thinking hard, they get like this kind of vapory steam around their head. Steam comes out of their head. (laughs) He says, I know this because one time I was writing, quote, a little treatise on eternity with a capital E. And I pulled out a mirror and looked in it. And when I looked in it, guess what was around my head? A bunch of steam. He's insane. So he says, he's like, Plato, the devil, Dante, myself, we've all had steam come out of our heads. Plato, the devil, and Dante, and me. And we all have in common. Steam comes out of our heads. But so I remember that little movie about the golden retriever, Marley and me. Yeah. (laughs) When instead it's like Plato and Dante and the devil and me. Yeah. He also says, it's just funny to be like, you might be asking yourself, can't you tell these two obvious things apart? No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also says it could have been that the reason I had all this steam is because it was August and I was drinking all this hot tea in my attic. But it could have also been because of all the thoughts. Yeah, maybe. But no, it's because I'm similar to the devil in terms of how smart I am. That's the most insufferable kind of person, though. Ishmael. The kind that, like, is an idiot, but they think they're really smart. It's like, if you're an idiot and you know, it's no problem. We love it, actually. But it's like when you're like, I'm the smartest guy, but you're the biggest idiot. That's the worst. Look, I've, in college, I dated a philosophy major. And let me tell oh you my know exactly what this is. He would be sitting up in his attic writing a treatise on eternity that no one asked him to write. Ugh. That's what these people do. Sounds awful. Sounds insufferable. But the next chapter is called The Tale. And It's just about whale tails, but then it also compares it to, like, the trunk of an elephant. And he tells this really bizarre story about an elephant molesting women with its trunk. No, I don't like that. I'm sure that didn't happen. I totally missed that. You missed it? My audio cut out. My audio cut out from you saying no one asked him to write, and then it cut back in at busting women with his trunk. No, it wasn't (laughs) busting, unfortunately. uh, I said in this chapter about the tale... He tells a story about elephants molesting women with their trunks. Oh, no. Elephants aren't doing that. You missed that? Yeah, I missed everything between that and that. Yeah. Oh, no, I meant in the book. Did you miss that that happened? No, no, no. But I thought you were talking about your ex. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) No, it says uh, the elephants would frequent the flower market and then give flowers to ladies and then, quote, caress their zones. (laughs) Caress their zones. That's not molestation. They're just being nice. They need it. They need it. Caressing the zone. Auto zone. <laughs> is that what that means? Did you say that he that Ishmael is like they always point their tails to the sky and it's like they're shaking their fist at the heavens? No, I didn't say that. And all I said was the caressing the zones. I thought that was more important. <laughs> They're both Shaking funny. Their, it's, that's just how they swim. I know, but he's like, he. what does he say? He says basically like, it might be like de- de- demonic defiance or angelic adoration. We don't know. Are they praising the Lord or are they cursing the skies with their tail? <laughs> or are they just swimming? Are they swimming? Yeah. <laughs> he also says he tosses his tail in the air very much as an Indian juggler tosses his balls. What the hell? Why has he got to be Indian? <laughs> Stephen juggles. Yeah, he could have been any juggler. (laughs) Only Indian jugglers toss balls. Is it (laughs) nautical or is it racist? (laughs) 
Other types of jugglers do different things. <laughs> they toss other people's balls, not their own. Uh. Um, chapter 87, the Grand Armada. They're sailing around by Java and Bali, and Ooh. which he spells Bali, like B-A-L-L-Y, which I thought was really funny. Um, Bali. <laughs> I wouldn't even have known he was referring to Bali if I read it there, that way. I'd be like, what is this place? <laughs> Um, but anyway, so they're sailing in between these two islands because they're chasing some whales, obviously, and they get chased by Malay pirates. The Grand Armada is a group of whales, by the a way. A big group of whales, yeah. There's like a like bunch a pod of, them. of them. So the pirates chase them, and then nothing happens because they don't catch them. And then um, the pirates, wait, the pirates don't catch the Pequod. They're cha- the Pequod's chasing whales. Pirates are chasing the Pequod. Wait, what does he say about the pirates? Just like there's some pirates behind us. Who cares? And they're Malaysian. Malaysian guys. Malay. Yeah. So I'm sure it's racist. Like, oh, a white pirate would have caught us. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's insufferable. (laughs) If only these pirates were French, we'd be dead. Oh, yeah, like yeah. The, the white sailors from Tahiti yeah. are somehow yes, better when than they're the like, Tahitian look, if you go to Tahiti, the only people there who know how to sail are the French guys. That's an insane thing to say. In a couple of chapters, there's a hilarious <laughs> chapter about French sailors, which we'll, we'll get to. But right now, mm-hmm. they're chasing apparently like this huge pod of whales with like like dozens of them. And they're like big ones, little ones, fat ones, skinny ones, like moms that are pregnant there's no way there's a skinny whale tons there, of whales. Well, little baby ones that are like actively being Aww. born and there's so many that they can just like reach out and touch them in the top of the water oh let them go and they harpoon one whale and he freaks Whoa. out and that causes all the other whales good. to like start panicking and freaking out so they have to like good. escape with their lives yeah good yeah don't bother those whales they only they end up ki- they do end up killing one whale but that's it which it's like you guys are losers I don't, I don't even want to kill whales. I could have gotten more whales than that. Could they not have predicted this would happen? Like, they they stake the whale, and then they're like, oh, my God, they're all freaking Ooh, out. Why are they freaking we out? We better get out of here. Yeah. Okay, so, so in the next chapter, Ishmael tells us some more whale bullshit, which is that they say, in each school of whales, there's always one male whale who's called the schoolmaster or the lord. And then there's a harem of the female lord. whales. Yeah. Or the schoolmaster. And each schoolmaster whale has a harem. That's what I called my principal. <laughs> my lord. My lord. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said whenever they find a school of whales, they hunt the female whales and the baby whales. Because the the schoolmaster is too dangerous and big. And so they said, like, Dude, as the... a baby whale. I know. It makes me furious. And they said, like, whenever the schoolmasters, as they get older and older, they end up leaving the harems behind and they become, like, solitary old male whales alone. And that there are also schools of whales that are just boys. And he's like, oh, it's like a frat, like a frat, basically. I just... I don't think he's right about, like, the social hierarchy yeah, of whales. the composition. No, he's definitely because wrong. Because he's like, he's like, oh, sometimes it's like this, but sometimes it's also these other three different ways. So it's like, it yeah. seems like that's not the pattern after all. This, this part, he says, this is the main difference between a male whale and a female whale. He says, if a male whale gets injured, his bros will abandon him without a second thought. But if a female oh. whale gets injured, all the females will, they will risk their own lives to try to save her. Oh, Sisters are doing it for themselves. That yeah. was a really <laughs> creepy minor key version of the song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're not going to get copyright claimed. <laughs> 
I wanted them to be creepy. <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. Like that? Is that better? That was a little closer. I, there's no better or worse. Uh, the first one was actually better, but it was more okay. dissimilar. <laughs> so the next, like, two chapters, the first one's called Fast Fish and Loose Fish, and the next one is called Heads or Tails. They're both about, like, whaling both great laws. boob names. Yeah, it Fast is. Fish and Loose Fish. This Fast Fish, this Loose Fish. <laughs> or, like, the name of a strip club. Fast Fish and Loose Fish. Yeah. Heads or Tails. Oh, Heads or Tails actually is a good strip club name. That's funny. The next chapter is called Heads or Tails. Did you know that? That's Did what, yeah, that? yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Becca. How do yep. you know? Yeah, it basically is like fast fish are like fast as like fastened. Um, and whoever comes across that, it is the person who fastened the fish that it belongs to. But if you come across a fish that's just loose, then whoever gets it first is the person who gets it. And I'm like, why do you have to have a law about that? Are they talking about, about a whale? Or yeah. Whale. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. whales are fish, as we all know. So it's like, yeah, if it's tied up, and then it's yours. And if it's not, then it's anyone's game. No, like if it has like a thing, like a flag in it, right? No, it says like... If it's obvious that there's someone nearby who can and wants to. That's a fast fish. Yeah, that's a fast fish. But if it's just out there by itself. If it's obvious that it belongs to someone else, then it belongs to someone else. And if it's not yeah. obvious, then it you can have it. Like, here's the rule about money. If the money is in someone else's wallet, then it's theirs. It's theirs. <laughs> but if it's in the middle of a field, then it could be anyone's. <laughs> but if it's on the ground and someone's already reaching for it. Then it's probably then theirs. It's, then it's theirs, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good thing we cleared that up. Chapter 91, the Pequod meets the Rosebud. This is a great chapter. The Bouton de Rose. They're French. And they stink, by the way. They smell? That's what happens when you're French. They just stink. We'll get to why later. Yeah. Well, so this, this ship is called the Rosebud, and it's got two whales fastened to it. One is like, uh, they called it a... Um, a blasted whale. A blasted whale, which is just a whale that died on its own, like, of natural causes in the ocean. And then, like, the gases cause it to bloat up and come to the surface. So that's – they have one of those. And then they also have another whale that was, like, something had happened to it and it was sick and it was, like, all dried out. And so they have this, like, really dried up old whale on the other side. Indigestion. Wait, the French people have whales that were already dead. Like, yeah, they just found some dead whales. Which, like, that's, honestly, that's the way to do it. That's what I would do. Yeah. Well, so they, they figure out that the rosebud is nearby because they smell it from the Pequod, and they're like, that's disgusting. So Stubb goes over there, and he's like, God, these people are idiots. You're not going to get any any oil of any quality out of those whales. But, wait a second, I think there is something of value in these whales that I might want. So he goes over to the ship, and he finds someone who speaks English, and he tells them, look, these whales are very dangerous. Like, they're going to kill you with their odors and their vapors. So the French sailor tells Stubb, like, we tried to tell the captain that there's no oh, yeah. oil in these whales, but he won't listen to us. And that's when Stubb, Stubb is like, the captain's an idiot. We can trick him. Yeah, we can help him. Which I don't know why the French guy thought that, like, what is in it for Stubb to, like, row all the way over to this boat and be like, I'll just help you. He's like, okay, listen, we can get, we can make him let loose these boats from your ship so you don't have to deal with the stench anymore. I'll help you out. So he says, listen, you pretend to be the interpreter. I'll just say a bunch of bullshit and then you tell him what you want to tell him and it'll seem like it's coming from me. So then he'll listen to me because I'm like the expert. And who is this? It's Ahab doing this? Stub. Stub 
Stub. Stub. And we'll tell you his plan in a second. But basically, he says, I'll back you up, dude. Like, pretend that I'm telling the captain the same thing you already told him that you that he yeah. didn't listen to. And then he'll yeah. be like, oh, another guy thinks it? Yeah. Okay. The captain doesn't speak any English. So he's like, I'm just going to say whatever, and then you can say whatever you want to the captain as though I just said it to you in English. So they go up to the captain, and the French guy... Is like, well, what what should we say to the captain first? And Stubb is like, you can tell him he looks kind of like a baby to me. And the French guy is like, um, he says that this uh, blasted whale is gonna, um, it, we're all gonna die of a fever if we keep it here. And the guy's like, oh my gosh, what? And he's like, okay, what now? And then Stubb is like, well, tell him actually that he doesn't look like he's you know fit to command a ship. Uh, he seems kind of more <laughs> like he's a baboon. And the guy's like, yeah, he also tells me that other whale, that dried up one, is actually even more deadly and we've got to get rid of them both. So the captain's like, oh my gosh. So he goes and cuts both of the whales loose. And then the French guy turns to Stubb and is like, okay, what now? And Stubb says, let me see. Yes, you may as well tell him, well, in fact, I've already diddled him and perhaps somebody else too. What the fuck does that mean? I think tricked. I hope that's what it means. Or like played him for a fool. (laughs) Jacob here. According to idiomorigins.com, in the 19th century, the word diddle did in fact mean to cheat or swindle. Good job, Rachel. The word derives from the character of Jimmy Diddler, who was a fictional swindler in a popular 1803 play by James Kenny. Prior to this, in the early 1600s the word was a verb meaning, to jerk from side to side. However, the dirtier meaning of the word we all know and hate today also came into usage in the 19th century, so perhaps Melville was doing a little double entendre. Who knows? Back to my boring, boring baby. And then, yeah, the French guy is like, oh, he says he's very happy to have been service to us. And then the captain is like, do you want to come down and drink some wine with me? And Stubb says, tell him it's against my principles to drink with the man I've already diddled. It's a crazy <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. So this is what they do. And then the French guy, the French captain cuts both of the whales loose and then they go off in their boat and the Pequod sails in between the French ship and the whales. So they can't see what they're doing behind it. But what they're doing behind it is Stubb goes and gets the ambergris out of the whale. Yeah, because the the oh, whale no. that died of indigestion, a lot of times, so Stubb, I, I doubt that this is true, but he says that a lot of times whales that are sick produce ambergris so that's he knows since one of them not the one that like died of old age but the one that died of indigestion he's like i think that guy's got some ambergris and he does that was rude yeah (laughs) he tricked everyone but the french guy why did he think stub was helping him like he should have known he was being you know whale it's like you support each other on the high seas that's just how it is unless you're that german ship ambergris was like they use for cologne or something. Yeah, right? perfume, cologne. Yeah, yeah. So there's a new. So these days, ambergris. We don't obviously we don't really use it anymore. But there's like a synthetic called ambroxan that a lot of perfumes have. Rachel knows a lot about perfume, like a lot. She yeah. does. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I know a lot compared to the average person, but not a lot compared to the average fraghead. Fraghead is that like where <laughs> Fraggle Rock people live? No, like fragrance, fragrance fan. Yeah. <laughs> In the chapter where he's talking about the ambergris, he says that live whales and beautiful women smell similar. They have like a pleasant musk to them. So he's like, yeah, maybe dead whales are stinky, but living whales, they smell like a beautiful woman. They smell like a beautiful woman. (laughs) Yeah. And do you know what beautiful women smell like? My husband, Queequeg. (laughs) Oh, he does love Queequeg. Except for when he didn't, he wanted to let him drown. 
If he well, fell, even so. you don't want to be attached to him. He says a woman rustling her skirts in a warm parlor. That's what a whale smells like. <laughs> I really doubt this man knows a thing about whales. The next chapter, so one of the guys who was helping him cut the ambergris out um, injured his hand. So Stubb doesn't have an oarsman in his boat anymore and he needs to replace him. Karma. So he replaces him with Pip, who, if you remember, as I said before, Doughboy was like the little white galley boy and Pip is the little black one. So Pip has to go in the boat when they're lowering down for whales now. And he's very young and inexperienced and he doesn't really know what to do, but he's trying to be his best. And Ishmael says a whole bunch of like, what are ostensibly compliments about Pip but are actually quite racist, so racist or not. Racist this time, probably. But so they lower down for a whale and they're chasing after it and Pip gets so shook up that he jumps out of the boat and he gets caught up in the line and Dagu takes him and is like, should I cut the line, Stub? And Stub is like, fine, yeah, cut it. So they cut it and they lose the whale, but they save Pip. And they're like, okay, don't ever do that again. You have to stay in the boat. If you don't stay in the boat, we're not going to come back and get you. And Pip's like, okay. So the next time they do this, he again gets scared and he jumps out of the boat. And true to his words, Stub leaves him behind. But he wasn't really intending for him to like stay out there like literally forever and drown. He was like, well, there's two other boats behind us. They go back to get him. Yeah, they'll just pick him up. But he has to stay out there for a long time because the other two boats don't see him for a while. And finally, the ship itself has to go pick him up. And it says by the time they get him back on board, he's alive, but he's lost his mind. (gasps) And he's never the same from then on. Yeah, he goes crazy because he thought he was abandoned. Oh, But Ishmael is like, no, he has divine wisdom now. Ishmael is insane. I know. (laughs) He's the one with divine wisdom, if you know what I mean. He should go hang out with Gabriel. I know. I'm going to start saying Aww, that. Poor Pip. Instead of being like, that person's cuckoo. They shouldn't have made him go on the boat. He obviously can't handle it. He can't handle it. Just let him no. keep working. With the and cook. he's like a kid, too. He's got to be like, what? I don't know, 12, 14? Yeah, maybe. Poor little yeah. guy. Should have put stupid Doughboy on there. He can handle it. No problem. He's terrifying. He's white. Oh, okay. I was like, don't put either of the children <laughs> the on The whale there. would be intimidated if he saw Doughboy. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 94. Ishmael's job is apparently to squeeze the spermaceti from time to time so that Ugh. it doesn't become solidified. And this man, over and over and over again, this chapter is called a squeeze of the hand. It is. This is the most sexual. He just talks about how much he loves to squeeze sperm. He could squeeze sperm. Yeah all day and all night and he's just in there and it's so oily and his skin becomes sinewy. He loves the job. And all the men are squeezing the sperm together. And says, yeah, and he says sometimes he even will squeeze the hand of another man in there and look him right in the eye and think, aren't we good friends? And like pretending (laughs) to be squeezing the sperm, but actually he's squeezing the other man's hand as like an oops on purpose. It's very sensual. <laughs> it's basically like it's meditative and euphoric for him. The the squeezing of the sperm. He like he basically gets high from this experience. And yeah. he's like, oh, all men are one. Wouldn't it be nice if the whole world, if we all interacted with each other the way men act when they're squeezing sperm together? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we were Could squeeze sperm? Squeeze <laughs> Well, he also says, now I'm surrounded by constant misery, but whenever I want to be happy again, I think back to that time when I was squeezing sperm and I was like, ooh, why are you miserable now? What happened? Yeah, but that's his greatest memory. So he's, it sounds like he's, I hate to say it, the the ship slut. He's the town ho. He's the town ho. (laughs) He's the town ho. (laughs) 
it's an interesting. It's one of the most famous chapters. Is a, a squeeze oh, of the hand. That. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's famously homoerotic. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Do you want to hear some examples of it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. <laughs> Sorry, that was. Oh a quote. wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Before you read the examples, the one thing is, so he talks about like, oh, squeezing the sperm. It's so awesome. And he contrasts this with like the blubber room sucks because it's dark, like it's under, you know, it's like in the bowels of the ship and that's where they're cutting the blubber apart so they can render it down into oil. And he said that like frequently the blubber men like cut their toes off. So it sucks. So he's like squeezing sperm. Awesome. Blubber men. Terrible. Like on accident? Yeah, on accident. (laughs) No, on purpose. They they hate having toes. (laughs) Well, it drives them mad so they cut their toes off, you know? Yeah. No, he says, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze all the morning long. I squeeze that sperm till I myself almost melted into it. I squeeze that sperm till a strange sort of insanity came over me, and I found myself yes. unwittingly squeezing my co-laborers' hands in it, mistaking their hands for the gentle globules. Such an abounding, affectionate, friendly, loving feeling did this avocation beget that at last I was continually squeezing their hands and looking up into their eyes sentimentally as much as to say, oh, my dear fellow beings, why should we longer cherish any social acerbities or know the slightest ill humor or envy come let us squeeze hand all around nay let us all squeeze ourselves into each other let us squeeze ourselves universally into the very milk and sperm of kindness would that i could keep squeezing that sperm for forever let us squeeze ourselves into the sperm of kindness let us all squeeze ourselves into each other He's cheating on his husband. He's got something going on psychologically. Let's put it like that. Well, just imagine if you were like a normal guy in there and there's just this insane man like grabbing your hand and like looking into your eyes. I feel so (laughs) uncomfortable. Should we squeeze ourselves into each other? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, get away from me. Let go of my hand. Your husband is going to harpoon me. (laughs) I'm going to the toe chopping room. I don't like this anymore. (laughs) Better leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) um this is kind of where i stopped understanding what was happening it's they're talking about a (laughs) penis the next chapter is called the cassock (gasps) i okay i couldn't figure that out and that's what he calls the whale's penis because and he's saying it looks like the like the outfit that a preacher wears basically but then penis does the yeah the whale's penis does and then they say like i thought no he literally says they cut it open and a man wears it like a like a cloak yeah Yeah, so the guy who slices the blubber, one of the guys who does that, like, puts the penis on and he, like, protects him from the slicing. How am I supposed to know it's a Um, penis? He doesn't ever tell us what it is. It's a euphemism. He just wears it. He puts the penis on and then it's protective. And also there's, like, some mystical idea around the whale penis. That's just an insane thing to do. That's so weird to wear a penis around. I know, but (laughs) to protect you from blubber. It's just how it is. (laughs) That's just how it is sometimes. All right, let's move on from that. <laughs> that 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 do be how that that how be do it is. What is it? That do be how we do. <laughs> it do be like that. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, do be do be do. So we'll ignore the fact that I just turned into a Flintstone. And chapter ninety six is called the Tri Works, and I think this is like a big, basically enormous cooking pots where they render the blubber into oil. Okay. On the boat, right? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. He also says it smells like Indians, basically. He says the tri oh has God. a Hindu odor about it. 
What is wrong with him? <laughs> he cannot stop being racist. Is it nautical or racist? Have there been any? Is it ever not racist? He's also like, oh, and you know who does like who melts the blubber? All the pagans. And he's like, oh, it's like hell. I hate being down there. You know, it sucks. Like I go crazy. It sounds like he's going crazy with the sperm too, though. He's gonna be crazy either way. No, he had divine knowledge. He wasn't crazy. <laughs> um, he says he like either falls asleep or hallucinates or something, and he freaks out because he thinks the boat is everything is backwards, and he thinks he's on the outside of the boat, and the boat is about to fly into the air and then he's like oh i guess i was just confused <laughs> such a drama queen <laughs> i was just confused yep. don't don't space out around fire anymore yeah he's crazy so all right so then ishmael is like by the way chapter 97 the lamp ishmael is saying one of the greatest things about whalemen is that we have access to all the oil our hearts desire so we all have like a collection of lamps and ships are always so bright like it's amazing one could even say they love lamp. Oh, like a moth? What? Like a moth, Becca said? A moth? No, it's an Anchorman quote. Oh, I was just thinking about how moths love lamp. <laughs> but I just feel like he's like, we have access to all the oil our heart desires. It's like, don't you need to sell that oil? I know, that's what I'm you thinking. You know, you could get more so money valuable. if you weren't wasting it all. Yeah. Well, at this point, I wonder how they even fit more oil on the boat. Like, they're constantly going after whales and they already have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of barrels. Surely they can take a little teaspoon yeah, here and so there and make a lamp work. If they quit using oil on their lamps, though, they could go way back sooner, at the very least, even if they don't make more money. It seems they, like it would be negligible. If every if every sailor has a collection of lamps and they put a couple drops, but everyone has like 10 lamps and the ship is illuminated like a church, I feel like that's still a lot All of oil. The time. They have thousands of anyway, gallons. Anyway, Ishmael is like, oh... There's a rumor that whalers are all dirty, but we're not dirty because the oil of a sperm whale, it actually makes you clean. What? And then he's like, actually, but we're only clean for like a day. And then we get dirty again because we're trying to catch more whales. I think he's also saying the ship gets really nasty when we have to cut apart a whale and like take everything out and blah, blah, blah. But then like we clean it all up, but you never know when you're going to get another whale. So you might be putting on your nice clean frock and then have to immediately take it off again. Also during... One of these chapters, I forget which one it was, but he talks about how, like, they had to take off all their clothes because it was hot. So they were just in, like, their shirts and their drawers. But then one of the boats, like, got smacked by a whale tail and sprang a leak. So they had to take off all their shirts and drawers and plug it up. So then... So they were totally nude? They didn't say that, but I'm like... (sighs) But they were. But somebody took their drawers off, so... Ishmael probably loved that. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you just all take your shirt off instead of some people having to take all their clothes off? Oh, (laughs) no. Oh, the boat sprung a leak. We have to get naked. (laughs) Queen Craig probably needs to take off all of his clothes. It's a pretty bad leak. You should probably take your underwear off, too. Yeah. Just to be safe. <laughs> that was his his doing. <laughs> they were only going to take their shirts off, and he's like, oh, I don't know, guys. Hey, that guy who caresses our hands in the sperm tub thinks we should take our underwear off. We should probably listen to him. <laughs> Chapter 99 is called The Doubloon, and I want Rachel to explain this because I was like, what the fuck Wait, is happening? explain what part? The doubloon. The doubloon. So Chapter 99, you remember at the beginning, Ahab takes out this big gold coin, and he says, whoever gets Moby Dick for me gets this coin. Yeah. And he nails this doubloon, this gold coin, to the mast. Oh. That happened in SpongeBob. Mr. Crab did that. Oh, that's, I guess it was a Moby Dick reference. <laughs> yeah. No, it was because he was trying to catch, he, he, there's something, it was a clam or something that ate his dollar. 
Yeah. yeah and so then he nails something to, and he's like, you guys get this. Oh, Mr. Crab is totally an Ahab uh, allegory. He's, yeah. he's monomaniacal. He only wants one thing. Does he have a peg leg? Uh, he has little crab legs and he's often breaking them off in little holes. Remember? Mm. Yeah, he Just is. Like Captain Ahab. Not often. Maybe in one episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. Basically, he just tells you how everyone reacts to the doubloon. There's a very busy design on the coin. So people just kind of like start interpreting it in different ways. So he's like, Flask, all he cares about is what the doubloon is worth. So he's like, why are these people looking at this coin? <laughs> What's the big yeah. deal? Well, and then Pip, who poor Pip, who lost his mind, he looks at it last and he just says a bunch of crazy stuff. He says it's the ship's belly button and it's keeping the ship together. Oh, poor Pip. Yeah, it's pretty sad. But anyway, they just all have these different reactions. And if it becomes necessary to go into them later, because we get like eight people's reactions, we'll we'll backtrack if we need to. But otherwise, just know different people think different things. Yeah. So this is our last chapter of the episode. Chapter 100 is my favorite one. It's called Leg and Arm. They meet Yay. yet another ship. This is the last chapter we're covering today. The Pequod meets... The Samuel Enderby. The Samuel Enderby. And, of course, Ahab calls out and is like, hey, have you seen the white whale? And the captain is like, uh, you yeah. see this? And <laughs> it's a whale bone. And I have no idea why, but Ahab is like, that's a good sign. So he goes over to that other ship. It's his arm. His arm is missing, and he has a... Like a bone instead. Is that what you're saying? Okay, he held up a white arm of sperm whale bone. Okay, that's what it is. So he's like, oh, I got to uh, go over there. Yeah, his arm. He has a, a f- like a whatever. What is it called when you have another arm? Like a, you a lose prosthesis. A prosthetic. He has a prosthetic arm made out of whale bone. He has an extra when you have another arm. Yeah, and wait, Jackie, tell Becca what the captain's name is. Captain Boomer. Boomer. <laughs> So the captain of that boat is missing an arm. So he lowers down a a ladder for Ahab. And they said it's really awkward for a minute because he doesn't have uh, a leg. But then they're like, oh, sorry. And they lower down a little hook. So he gets in the hook with his little butt and they scoot him up to the top. And then they do a little like handshake thing where like his leg and the other guy's fake arm and they like prosthetics. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) they clack them together. (laughs) And it turns out that he was like, have you seen? Moby Dick and Captain Boomer is like yeah he took my arm off hell yeah brother (laughs) did he take your leg too and Ahab is like yeah he took my leg too oh my god he tells the story and there's also like the ship surgeon or the the ship doctor is there as well and he keeps they're cutting they're like having a little podcast like the captain and this guy like they keep cutting in and out and bantering and being like oh tell them how the tell them how the arm happened and he's like oh okay well we were doing this and this and that and like we kept drinking all night long and the doctor's like I don't drink and Ahab is like will you get on with it like just where did you see the whale what happened so finally they tell the story he was trying to hunt Moby Dick and his arm got like caught by a harpoon and it ripped it up real bad and basically they had to take it off because it was so injured yeah because he was getting gangrene yeah and he was like well where where did you see him last and the doctor is like well you're not gonna go to try and find him are you like you don't want to go see him again they saw the whale again but captain boomer was like i learned my lesson i'm not gonna try to get moby dick anymore yeah ahab was like why don't you want him and he's like i'm not gonna try to like one limb is enough like don't you think one limb is enough and ahab is like No. (laughs) Freaking out. And the surgeon goes up to Fadala and is like, is that guy crazy? This dude's nuts. And Fadala's like, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. He's got divine wisdom all over the place. (laughs) 
Yikes. Basically, <laughs> yeah. All of the Samuel Enderby guys are like, this guy's nuts. And then Ahab's like, I'm out of here. And he just leaves. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he's mad. Did they tell him where he went, though? Yeah, they did. They said, "We this is when we saw him. But they were like, okay. don't do it. Like, here's where he was, yeah. but do not. For your own good, don't try to get that whale. The doctor, I think, tries to take blood from him. He's like, dude, this guy seems really crazy. And then he comes up to him with a lancet. I like how <laughs> they call it taking blood and it's literally just stabbing people. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me just stab <laughs> you real fast and take some blood. I'm taking your blood. Let, let me just quickly do chapter 101. I know we're not supposed to, but chapter 101 is literally only about chapter 100. The whole chapter is like, oh, why is it called the Samuel Enderby? And it's called because he was like set up the very first English sperm whale ship, like kitted it out for whaling. And Ishmael's like, by the way, Americans had already been hunting for sperm whales for a long time before the English ever did. And so anyway, so he's he's talking about that. And then he's like, anyway, even though they haven't been doing it very long, British ships are known for being like very hospitable and generous with their alcohol. And that's that chapter. So that's why I wanted to just go ahead and do chapter 101 because that would have been a crazy one to start the final episode with. (laughs) Alrighty then. Cool. There we go. Well, next time we're going to start up with chapter 102. Um, I have to say, I was telling Rachel earlier, like... You hate this book now. No, I don't hate it. I was just like... like, this sucks. I'm over it. I said it was boring. Mm -hmm. And that you said it's not because Maybe it's because I knew I had to finish like... 30 chapters of it in one day so I was reading it from the time I woke up up until like 5 p.m. Well I will say this though boring is the worst thing a book can be. Yeah maybe boring could be the worst thing. Anyway it it is kind of fun to talk about though I have to say. Am I enjoying myself? Maybe. Well and again we just talked about like 31 no 30 chapters. Almost 100 pages. And if you spend time reading all those 30 chapters, it's about 88 pages of boring. So so you should listen to this podcast instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our recommendation is don't read the book. Take a page from my book and don't read this book and just listen to the podcast. Well, was there something else we were going to say? I thought there was. Oh, I looked at my notes for the podcast. I had a one more thing I wanted to tell you guys. So the other day... I was watching like a YouTube video or something and an ad came on and it was this like cheerful blonde woman. And this is a quote from the ad because when I heard it, I was like, why did she say that? She said words, but there was no meaning behind them. And it was, this is how you can have both functional mushrooms and coffee. What? (laughs) What is this? What? What's it for? I don't know. I don't know what the ad was for. I think it was, I don't know. I think it was maybe coffee mixed with mushrooms. But I'm like, first of all, what is a functional mushroom? (laughs) A mushroom that helps you function. (laughs) Yeah, but I've never wanted a, like, why can I not have functional mushrooms and coffee? Like, if I knew what it was. Because modern women, we can have it all. Couldn't I just go ahead and have both? (laughs) Yeah, now you can. Now you can. But then she's like, this is the only way. I don't want, if I was drinking coffee, I don't want to eat a mushroom. No, but it's a functional mushroom. I feel like if I'm eating it, it's functional. The function is, it fills you up. Gives me nutrients. But the, the way the ad, it was like, it was something where it was supposed to be obvious. Like, 
this is how you sleep and take a shower at the same time. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, obviously this is something everyone would love to do. But like, this is how you have functional mushrooms and coffee. <laughs> yeah, I've, I don't even know what a functional mushroom is. <laughs> yeah, I don't is. know what I she guess means. that's my problem. Usually what I have is I have <laughs> coffee, but then my mushroom won't function. Well, you need to do more research next time and tell us what she was talking about. I do? I need to do more? Okay, I'll Google it for next time and see if I can figure out what it was an ad for. What was the, yeah, what was the ad for? Yeah. I think it was one of those brands that's like Four Sigma. This is like a reishi and lion's mane mushroom powder that you mix and it sort of like coffee. I've seen those ads before. This is how you have both functional Jackie mushrooms. Jackie just disappeared. I'm Jackie's the host gone. now. I just she, got a notification that says, it says you are host now. You, oh, no. You're the host now. <laughs> what do we do? Basically, let me just say, Jackie disappeared as though she had fallen into a whale skull and been sucked down <laughs> into the depths of the ocean. Into the ocean, yeah. <laughs> the whale skull full And unfortunately, we have no Queequeg to cut her loose. <laughs> it's true. AKA, her phone is dead. Yeah, her phone died. Um, so anyway, so she's asking us to end the episode, and we will do that in the traditional manner for the Moby Dick miniseries, which is we say... Ahoy. Ahoy! And we also say, if you would like to keep up with us anywhere, please check out our Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, at FireTheCannonPod. And you're also welcome to email us, FireTheCannonPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, same name. You'll find us. Let us know if you have any thoughts on whales or our audio quality or, like, if you're like, I can't believe Jack Squeeze and sperm. Die. Yeah, sure. I guess you can talk to us about that if you really need to. But you might have to become a patron. All right. <laughs> Ahoy. Ahoy. What's it the of the crumpets?